I feel like that's part of our journey as well is to talk about our challenges so that people can learn from them. It might help them if someone's got MS and they see what I do. It might help them if someone comes from domestic violence and they haven't told anyone. The video we did with our mum might help them, you know, or they might just feel like it's okay to talk about. Hello and welcome to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, and I'm going to talk to some of my favourite people from the beauty industry about how they're inspiring positive change. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Givenchy Beauty. So in celebration of the launch of their new La Rouge lipstick collection, I've made a special IGTV video to just give you some inspiration on how best to use the three different types of textures in the new lipstick. So in the collection, you've got the La Rouge Deep Velvet. This is a really powdery matte and it is super high pigment. You've got La Rouge Luminous Matte. This is a still a matte texture, but it's a high cover and a slightly balmier finish I'd say on the lips and then finally you've got the La Rouge Night Noir shades they've got gorgeous glittery packaging it's a really sheer finish lipstick but with a little sparkle to it and that one's available in some bolder colours as well so you've got a real mixture across the board of kind of bright nudes deep shimmers whatever you're looking for to take a look at any of these check out givenchybeauty.com or visit my instagram page at rose gallagher to watch the tutorial i'm so excited to have my favorite makeup artist sam and nick chapman on the podcast today there were so many reasons why i wanted to talk to sam and nick they're my ultimate favorites anyone will tell you they kept coming up in conversation with the other guests my readers were asking me to get them on but also i just think what's so powerful about them is that they've inspired change just by being themselves They've got such a big platform, which, yes, is predominantly aimed at teaching people how to do their makeup, but they realised and acknowledged that so many people feel like they know them and they use that level of intimacy to really normalise difficult talking points. Over the years, they've been open about everything from personal battles to a slightly more challenging home life when they were younger. And I think that honesty makes someone watching in a similar situation feel less alone and feel a little bit more understood. So here they are, live from Nick's living room. It's Sam and Nick. So we're in a lovely, gorgeous, cosy living room. We've got a certain Winnie amongst us having her ears tickled as we speak. And I'm joined by Sam and Nick Chapman. Hello, thank Hi. you for having us. Winnie is the dog, by the way. Yes, Winnie is the dog. I'm She's not also some weird child or <laughs> Okay, let's leave that there then, ears. shall we? <laughs> well, it might have been my son or something. So one of the reasons why I wanted you to come and talk today, and thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, is through the course of doing all of these interviews with different people. I'd initially set out to talk to people and brands that were doing things with charities because I thought, right, they're the people that are doing loads of good for other people. But when I've spoken to either guests or people listening, everyone has said that you're the ones inspiring the positive change in the beauty industry. Keeps coming up again and again, like you're this spearhead of this positivity. For what? Well, just done. That's positive. So I was thinking about this and I've got loads of ideas that I'll kind of go into through the course of Mm -hmm. the 
conversation. But I feel like the crux of it is, even though fundamentally people know you through makeup and beauty and that kind of realm, you share these extra bits of your life and especially your family life and how important family units are to you. And I just think people relate that your lives are just similar to theirs and they feel like they can talk to you. I think uh, even though we've talked, I've, you know, I've talked very much about anxiety and depression, which tend to be things that uh, isolate you. We're both actually really quite people, people. Mm. Um, and we take great pleasure in being exactly who we are on camera as in real life. Yeah. So I, I don't think, think we could be anyone else. We were already these people before we started doing social media. Yes. You know, for, for some bits, we have grown up in social media because we've been on it for 10, 11 years, mm. but we already were fundamentally quite good people. That makes sense. And actually, I think that's a real thing that sets you apart that I notice just through your content and everything. When I think of what do you two do online, I never think you're just pushing something that you want me to buy or it's not about buying a product. It's about kind of teaching this is how best to get the best out of your makeup. And I think that stems back from the fact that before any social media came into the equation with you two, you were both working makeup artists. Um, so just to kind of go back to the beginning, mm. I suppose, what were both of your first jobs in makeup? My first actual paid job in makeup, because when you do this job, you do a lot for free, um, mm. was working at Cosmetics a la carte which was this tiny little makeup company in Belgravia in London. It was frequented by the very, very, very rich. Back then, I remember a bottle of their foundation, um, 30 milliliter size was 38 pounds, which back then, and I'm going back to 94 or something, that was unbelievable amount of money to spend on a foundation. Yeah. Um, and it was the first company that... Apart from prescriptives, which you may remember, yes, this prescriptives sort of mixed your foundations for yes, you, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, this tiny little company, you would mix the colour for the person while they stood there. So it was a great grounding in learning undertones and how to mix and what worked on certain skin tones. So that was my first job. What about you, Nick? My first job was counter manager, weirdly enough, as my first job for Estee Lauder. Yeah. Wow. First job was counter manager for Estee Lauder because I knew I lived in Norwich and I knew there was a Mac coming. I'd already been a supervisor manager of a Morgan shop, if you remember Morgan. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And um, my first job in makeup was moving across to that because I knew a Mac was coming and I wanted to be a manager of the Mac and Estee Lauder were under the same bracket. So I was like, right, a few, think a few steps ahead. Let's go for that. And then I know that hopefully I'll get a job at Mac when it comes. And they just let you step into the management role because you were in a management desperate. role at the... Yeah, at, <laughs> because I'd, I'd studied makeup at college. Fine, so I'd got okay. a two-year BTEC national diploma in makeup and I'd done the retail side of it. So. Right. And it well, was actually, in a boots, wasn't it? It was it in a boots. Like, um, and, I don't know, in my interview, I had to sell her a pen. Did you? <laughs> she was like, um, there you go. There's a biro there. Sell it to me. What did you say? Yeah, what did you say? Let's I revisit that conversation. This is going back 25 years. I said, it's really, really handy for signing your contracts. It comes with a see-through cover so you can see how much ink you've got left. So you know when to buy your next one before it runs out. Um, it's very comfortable to grip. Great for left hands and right handed people. 
I've got the job. I want that pen. <laughs> You've sold that pen to so, me, so fine. So, oh, sorry. So then you had this makeup grinding. You were working with makeup all the time. And I remember hearing somewhere that, Nick, someone said to you, um, can you just show me how to do a smoky eye? And yeah. you thought, right, well, I'll I'll just film it and put it up. And that's the easiest way to show you. Yeah, what it was, was that I was really heavily pregnant with... Olivia must have been. And um, I'd stopped freelancing. So, and I'd gotten into um, forums. You know, like forums were the thing online. So I'd got into all these makeup artistry forums and I'm on there chatting away to people. And I had this way of doing a smoky eye, which was so fast. It was like a three minute smoky eye. Power surge, Mac power surge, blend it. No, it's amazing. It's an amazing smoky eye, right? And I still pull that one out. Power surge, cold, blended all over the eye, and then I think it was like black tide blended into it. Marks or black tide. And um, I said, you know what? I'll just film it and get it over to you somehow, rather than doing you a step by step because it's not the same following from a step by step. And I always remember those in magazines going, that doesn't tell you anything. No. So I filmed it. And the only way I, it was too big to email. So the only way I figured out to get it across to her was to upload it to YouTube. And that was it. I uploaded it to YouTube and then she watched it and a bunch of other people watched it and it became a thing. And so this starts to tick along and develop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at this time, that wasn't really something that lots of people were doing. So what at the time were you enjoying about that? Was it just that people were going, thank you so much. I finally know what to do. Or It was partly because of that. But if I'm completely honest, it was because my I looked all right from the neck up and the rest of me was heavily pregnant. And so it was really nice to see myself not just as a heavily pregnant woman because no one could tell no one could see me from the neck down and that was the lovely thing about it you're there but it's all also kind of part of it is completely anonymous um and it was quite liberating and freeing and also obviously the added benefits was that people were asking me questions and I felt I personally felt validated again yeah because you lose yourself for a while especially when you're um pregnant or you've had a baby and then after a bit um, after about two months, wasn't it? Yeah, about, I'd done a few videos. After two months, Nick came to stay to help me with my newly born baby. And I said to her, don't tell anyone I'm doing this thing online. It's really embarrassing because I didn't want any of my makeup artist friends to see it. Because um, Whilst I'm embarrassed, how about you get embarrassed? I said, well? why don't you do it? Because it's really good. You know, it's a nice thing to do that you might find enjoyable. Mm. So I went into your kitchen and filmed my first video. And what was your first video? Um, I think it was... A glitter. Was it that yellow, yellow glitter eye? Yellow glitter eye and a really bright pink. Show orchid. Show lip. orchid lip. I mean, that's definitely going in the show notes. It was. I actually have it on my phone because I screen grabbed it the other day because I was like, God, that look. Do you ever go back? I'd always be wondering and think, God, like. I had really bad period pain that day or I was in a great mood or that wasn't the best day. Do they elicit any memories like that? Sometimes. Uh, someone commented on a video the other day and it just comes up in your, you know, it comes up on your phone as a notification. And I clicked on it to see and it was a video from maybe only a year and a bit ago, year and a half ago. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I look so ill. So it was in the peak of my depression and I just didn't, at the time, I didn't see how thin I'd got. And, I, you know, I actually commented on it myself and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe how ill I, I look in this 
in in this video so you know sometimes yeah but I don't tend to look back on them but I think like anyone you can fall into the trap of Instagram where like sometimes I'll see a I'll see a picture of a makeup and I'll go, that makeup looks amazing. Why don't I wear that every day? And I just forget that it's lit and it's, yeah, heavy makeup I wouldn't necessarily go out in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's easy to fall into that trap. So these videos are going on and on and mm -hmm. it's all ticking along. And I mean, now you're in a position where you've got 2.1 million subscribers Great. on YouTube at my last count. Um was there a moment when you started to realize like, wow, people are really getting into this and this is turning into a bit of a a destination, this page? I don't think we did for a really long time, did we? Because you're just looking into it at the time we were filming it into our MacBooks and you just feel like you're the only person. You're replying to comments, but that could be anything. Do you know what I mean? You don't really think about it, but I think when we hit... 300,000 followers, I went to a gig. Oh no, maybe it was like 30,000. I went to a gig and I was like, oh my God, the amount of people that watch our videos, I could fill the stadium. And that's the yeah. first time when you actually see faces all sitting around. I was like, oh, my mind is blown. Instagram, social media is a very different environment than it was when we first started. Mm -hmm. You know, when we first started out, there just wasn't that internet fame. There wasn't influencers. It gone, it's gone through so many, you know, so many different names before they've settled on influencer yeah. that yeah. I hate, by the way. Um, yeah, I hate that <laughs> word too. There wasn't like a blueprint of success that we knew to follow. It was just a case of uncharted territory. So, you know, you weren't in, a, in the position to go, oh, this is a thing. We just didn't know. So yeah. we just cracked on with it. And then I think when we did realize was when people started to offer us deals and Recognize jobs and, and things like and that. Like, oh. And then we were like, this is a bit weird. And we also went through a little stage where we became a little bit full of ourselves. I think I did anyway. I don't know whether you did, you know, but luckily it was really early doors. So no one really saw it. My husband soon brought me back down to earth. He was like, <laughs> mum, mum, mum does as well. Yeah. And that was it. You know, you do get a little bit like, uh, but it didn't last long, but I, I see when other people go through it and I'll be like, oh, I see. I know exactly what's going on for you right now. And I understand it. And I don't comment or I don't, you know, it's totally their journey to be on and, Quite often people do go through that sort of thing. Um, it's just part of growing. In, yeah. in whatever industry you're in, when you get high up in it, you feel, wow. And, and maybe you should have a little bit of time where you feel really good about yourself. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You've worked really hard to get somewhere. But um, as long as you've got people to bring you back down, so yeah. you're back to normal afterwards, if that makes sense at all. Of course. That's one of the things that... Um, I, I'm really fascinated, actually, that as sisters, you've worked together for such a long time. And I mean, one of the other things I wanted to discuss with you is you obviously set up and did so many of your own different business ventures. And, you know, you've worked for yourselves for such a long time now. But like me and my sister are really close. There's no way we could work together. We would rip shreds off one another, wouldn't we? Well, we like, have done. We have. But, I mean, in the how, past. How do, you, how do you sustain that? How do you not how do you have that day where you've gone mad at each other about something else but you've both got to rock up and because we just have to do it mm. yeah we just have to you know like if it's we didn't about have us and I think that goes back to your what you said earlier how we always refer to other people it's not about us putting makeup on ourselves it's not about us yeah you know even though 
obviously we want to earn money and we want to do well and we want to help people as much as possible. It's about the other people that are the other end. Mm-hmm. And when Sam and I have to go and do something, that's never about us. It might be that people have come to meet us. We used to do meet and greets. We don't do those things anymore. But it was never about us. People have turned up, put a smile on, you be nice to each it. other. And by the end of it, you've forgotten what that feud was about anyway. Yeah, that is true, because actually, especially it when it's your sister, because yeah. you, you're just so used to getting wound up by each mm. other that you don't even know what you wound up about half you the time. You know exactly what button to push because you are siblings. There's nothing like it, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's all true. Yeah. Just kind of coming back to the makeup journey that you were on. So after, you know, many years of working with different brands and different people you were then in a position to work for yourselves. What was that adjustment like going from always being at someone else's discretion to now looking after yourselves? So difficult. For the first year, I think I was pregnant when we first stopped, wasn't I, with Harry? And for the first year, we worked from your house when we were both self-employed doing social media and we were also doing brides weddings and mm. weekends as well for the first year I'd go around to Sam's I'd get my McDonald's on the way because that was my craving <laughs> and we'd watch Jeremy Carl for the first hour or so and then we'd be like we should probably film something <laughs> it was so hard to get motivated I because someone hadn't told me what to do I didn't find it that difficult because I'd been freelance for a really long yeah. time as a makeup artist. So I I knew that I had to get on with it. That was maybe it. I was probably the motivator yeah. at that time. And that's definitely Since changed over. You know, in the early days, I was completely the motivator. I would just get it done. And, um, you know, as well, when you have kids, you have responsibilities. You have to earn money one way or another. So yeah. you just, you don't have the option to not get on with it. You've got to. So, um uh, when I first moved back to Norwich, which was shortly after my first daughter was born, I set up a makeup school here and just started teaching. So that was before YouTube. So, you know, I'd always been okay at just earning my money and just getting on with it. After that, it kind of, I started doing brides because I, there isn't a better job than doing brides. I know a lot of makeup ar- artists are always a bit kind of sketchy about doing it because they're like, mm, it's not very prestigious. There isn't a better job it's than a doing job. a bride. It's a great, it's yeah. a great thing to be part of their big day. It's a great thing to make someone feel so fabulous on their best day. They give you um, a glass of champagne. They give you a glass they do. of champagne. Bacon sandwich. So exactly, you get you get fed. You're there for an hour, and you leave with cash. I mean, what better <laughs> job is there than no. that? So we would do a wedding in the morning, and, and, the and then Nick came and assisted me because she could drive and I couldn't. So she'd be the driver, um, and we'd go all over Norfolk and Suffolk doing a wedding in the morning, a wedding in the evening, and um, we were well happy, weren't we? So that happy. was such great easy days. So even before this, we were working together. And what? advice would you give to someone that's got a business idea in the head and they're thinking I just need to take the plunge and just get on and do my own thing what would you say to them I think you have to get on with it I know a lot of people that have a lot of brilliant ideas but they sit on their ideas and don't do it yeah I think you're better off getting on with it making a bit of a cock up of it first time over and then going 2.0. You know, people have asked me about YouTube for years and they're like, oh yeah, but I don't have any of the proper stuff. I'm like, don't worry. No one's watching you in the beginning. Yeah, You're, you're going to need to do at least like 50 videos before anyone watches you. So you might as well just crack on. When Sam and I started YouTube, I was working four days a week at Mac. The other three days I was doing freelance because I was like, 
I want to make it as a makeup artist. And in my spare time, I was filming YouTube videos and editing them and put them up. I didn't have any spare time, but I enjoyed it. I had a goal and I knew it was something I enjoyed and something might come of it. So I worked every hour under the sun. I didn't have kids. It was easier at that time. Some people have an idea and they're like, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. But they don't want to give up their free time to do it. Yeah. You need to earn a living. So you have to keep on doing what you're doing already currently, whether you cut down your hours or what to make it work. You just have to work a little bit harder for a little while and hopefully it will come into fruition and you can slow that down when it starts to work. And, you know, you're in a situation where you're like, I'm so glad that I sacrificed my nights drinking down the pub and whatnot to get to this point. It's not easy, but everything has to have a little bit of give for you when it's for yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. Only you can. We were discussing a quote on the way here that's just kind of um, hit a nerve with me recently and it's done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. And just, I completely you know, agree with that. Get it done. Get it done. Yeah, you know, who's judging it? Do you know what I mean? We're always yeah. trying to be everything perfect. I am so bad for that with everything and but I understand that I do it like even when we were away recently I'm such a perfectionist life has to be oh perfect oh my god she does my head in this I am I am just a nightmare so because all the family were away I was like right I'm gonna get up really early and I'm gonna get towels for everyone and I'm gonna get the beds and I'm gonna sit there I hadn't consulted with anyone else if they wanted me to even do this but I'm getting all the I'm getting all the towels for everyone I'm getting all the beds and I'm going to sit there so that when they come out we have the perfect day and then I get wound up that they're taking so long to come out I haven't even told them I'm waiting there with towels and I'm waiting to make the perfect day for them and then they come out and I'm like no one's even thanked me no one even cares. I've spent the whole morning. I haven't even had any breakfast. They've all been mooching around having breakfast and I've been here for hours and I've wound myself up so much because I want to create the perfect day. This is a bit of me, to be uh, honest. We had a little chat about it. I, I said, like, no one's asked you to do it, Nick. Um, well, I said to you, to I knew I'd done it. And I said to Sam, I'm just having a little mental moment. I'm going to get through it in a minute, but I know I'm nuts. I know that I have done all this myself. I can't be anyone else. I just have to make sure I don't take it out on other people when it doesn't work out to the way I wanted it to. So Nick's the only one of us that's like that. The other three of us, the other three siblings, we're like, we'll rock up, all the beds will be full and we'll grab towels and sit on the floor. Do you see what I mean? And Nick is not that. So you can see why we would irritate her. She's just not able to do it. Equally, having that insight, I can actually see a bit more as well why you would probably quite enjoy working together. Because if you're both exactly the same way about stuff, that's when you go a bit mad. Whereas like, if I think of, I don't know, my best friends or things like that, a lot of them I'm probably quite different to. That's when it... Well, even when you got here, Sam was like, Nick, come and sit down. I'm like, I'm doing all the work that you're sitting there chatting. I'm getting all the work done. She was like, oh yeah, I forgot we had to do all that and sign all that and send it all off. You know, because she just takes a backseat and I don't mind doing it because I need to tick that off and know it's been done. So I suppose when I'm thinking about the package that fits into the whole crux of Pixie Woo, you see so much of your family life as well. But ultimately, I never feel like it's a bit of a strange overshare or it's a bit much. It's a really nice just level of, okay, I understand what those two are about. One of the things I've noticed that I wanted to ask you about, more so unique, but there's lots of people at the moment, I would say, that are that have 
profiles online, for example, like Ruth Crilly comes to mind as well. And they're just taking a bit of time to decorate the house, get cozy at home, put the emphasis on that. And I think that for me, that's something that is quite a positive message that just get your home life right and everything else will fall into place. Is that a consideration or what um, was the motivation for that? Well, I wanted to do a house account for ages, but my husband didn't want to. He was like, it's too private. I want to keep it all to us. And I can totally, totally get it. I totally understand. But we have such a funny time at home. We are best mates. We have such banter. And it's maybe something that I can't do on my other channel. Yeah. Because people expect don't expect but it's slightly more professional it's slightly more about makeup also doesn't it feel a little braggy if you put all that stuff on your makeup account it feels like I don't know it just doesn't sit properly and it feels like look at all my stuff it's really funny actually that you should say that not Mm. so much about houses but I think that a lot about makeup things I follow that it feels like look at all my stuff yeah not all things because I appreciate that when you're in the beauty industry you're receiving new things to try and share views on so you have to do that but that's something I'm really mindful of and I know I've said previously like that's one of the reasons why I can really get on board with you two Mm. it's never buy all this stuff it's just like if you put this in this position of your eye it will brighten it this will make your lips look fuller whatever but it is all getting a bit braggy at the moment I think Mm. online and um I can see why people think oh forget it I'm just gonna focus on the house for a bit because I can't be listening to it it is a real step away from it yeah I've always liked interior design I like color and color and makeup go together and color and doing your house so it's nice and bright and whatnot I do enjoy it I just sometimes need a step away from it as well it's it's just becomes a bit vacuous I don't want to constantly put pictures of my face up do you know what I mean? And be like, look at me now. <laughs> look at me now. It's just like, oh my God, I just can't bear it. And I and I do look at certain makeup pages and I think they are so lovely. And then others I think, oh my God, there's so much retouch going on there. Yeah. Which is fine if people know it and, you know. People don't know it and that's the problem. People, and- people expect that they will look like that. Yeah. And actually it's not real. And I, and I find that. I prefer real life personally. And and actually I've been taking a real step away from it and trying to live life more than just through a lens. I'm just trying to enjoy everything around me more like this summer holidays I've pretty much taken off and I've just been with my kids and I've just enjoyed them. They've wound me up like nothing. (laughs) Like honestly, they're driving me nuts. They're back to school this week and I cannot wait. But I've loved it at the same time. It's been so nice to be mum. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just sometimes you just have to take a step away from it to realise what it is. Definitely for the longest time, our work balance has been completely off. And that's, we wouldn't have been anywhere near as successful if it hadn't been. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. It was definitely 80% work, 20% life. And now it's definitely the other way around. Yeah. Um, But it's taken a long time to get there. And unfortunately, we'd had to do it that way around to get get to this point. And that's the sad thing about it because there's been an awful lot of things I've missed, lots of parents evenings and Mm. and sports days and you know just things that I've been preoccupied with because of work so I try to be and and perhaps that was maybe you know working that much kind of pushed me towards the depression and the anxiety Mm. but but definitely that 
Um, but I think now I'm trying to be much more present, much more of the time. It is like when you take your foot off the pedal and you stop and you're like, Oh, hang on. I didn't even know. I haven't even looked at this before. Mm. Like I drove my daughter around to my friend's house today and it was like a half an hour drive. And for the first, I got to her house and I was like, I didn't realize you live near this. I've driven to her house so many times, but I've always got other things on my mind. But for the first time, I feel like I don't. It was really nice to actually, you know, like the film Limitless where he takes that drug and he can see everything. I felt (laughs) like for the first time, I'm actually remembering things and I'm actually seeing things that I haven't. And I'm actually asking my friends questions that I don't feel like I have for a long time. I feel like I've just been going through the process and not saying, how are you, babe? Yeah. So what's happening in your life? I feel like I've just been like, oh, please don't ask me about my life because I talk about it all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's been so nice to just take your foot off the pedal. I think though, you know, I want to be really careful how we word that because we're very lucky to be in a position where we can afford to take our feet off the pedal more now. Whereas before, you know, we absolutely couldn't. So do you, do you know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't want to recommend this, this type of life because it's just not okay. It's not, it's not possible for everyone because we all have to work to earn money. Yeah. It's just that we've been really fortunate that we were in the right place at the right time. Not like we can, you know, it's not like we're rolling in it or anything, but, um, but we've done all right. And so we can do that now. I know that you've been really open in the past about your childhood and mm-hmm. that you didn't have the best experience with your dad. Um, I can kind of empathize that perhaps you had a desire to do really well to support your families. Of course. And that that would have had an impact in that way. I think we are extremely strong, challenging women from it. We don't stand for crap. We are independent women. You fit into our lives. Obviously, we, we're generous at the same time. You know, it's it, it, we must be quite difficult. But it has definitely pushed us to achieve and realise you don't have to rely on someone else. Yeah. You can do it yourself. And that's just the way we are. It's like, no, I can do it. I don't need your help. You know, when someone offers, I'll carry that for you. And I'm like, no, I can manage. I would really like you to carry it. But my first response is, I can manage. I'm fine. Even if I'm struggling, you know what I mean? We're just, and that's just the way our character is now. We've always had to fend for ourselves. Our mum did it. We have that in us. There is no other way. Mm. It's like you you do the best with what you've got. I feel like through therapy, I learned a lot about myself. God, I sound like that person, don't I? Um, I learned that I'm a protector because of what happened, because of the domestic violence that my mum and my siblings endured and myself. I just, and because I was the eldest, I wanted to protect everyone from it mm-hmm. all the time. And so it was very hard for me to switch off. I was always in fight or flight, which meant I always had to keep myself busy, which is why I've been successful. Now that I'm in a better place with my mental health, I'm able to stop and enjoy those things, but I wasn't able to before. And if I hadn't gone into therapy, I would never have learned these things about myself and I would never be here. I'd still be running that, trying to yeah. trying to make sure everyone's fine. They're all fine. Stop it. Do you know what I mean? It's not actually my responsibility other than my kids. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't, I don't have to do that. They're all all right. But it's just, but it took a long time, you know, into my forties to, to realize that. And do you find that, you know, the thing with you two is 
people do feel like they know you Mm -hmm. because they're spending so much time watching you and listening to you and all of the rest of it. Do you find that when you have those moments where you share those more personal things about your life, that you get people reach out to you and share similar experiences? So much. I mean, you have loads of people with MS, don't you? So many. Also, people that just say, I don't know why I've told you so much stuff. I've known you for two minutes and I have just told you my whole life story. But it's because we are open and I'm so happy to listen and I'm not judgmental. Yeah. Like everyone has a journey, everyone's going on and everyone has challenges and and in equal measure normally. Do you know what I mean? It's just we do have a lot of people come to us for maybe reassurance, maybe advice, maybe because they need help with something. And I, I actually personally really hope that people do feel comfortable coming to us because I feel like that's part of our journey as well is to talk about our challenges so that people can learn from them. It might help them if someone's got MS and they see what I do. It might help them if someone comes from domestic violence and they haven't told anyone. The yeah. video we did with our mum might help them, you know, or they might just feel like it's okay to talk about. Well, do, do you know what I remember um I think, you know, neither of us are trying to be anything that we're not. I'm not ashamed of anything that I am. I'm actually quite proud of myself and I I have no problems talking about who I am or what I've endured or uh, to be the person that I am today, you know, and if that helps anyone else along along their journey, that's great. But there there definitely was a period of time where celebrities um I remember there was a period of time where I would watch celebrities and I would feel like this is so media trained. All of this feels really disingenuous. And you're only here talking about this moment in your life, which might be very poignant because you've got a book coming out. I just hate that. I hate that, that you would use that experience to sell something. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's just talk about all these things because they're important things to talk about. And not because it's and, the right moment and not for you. Because, yeah, not You've because it's... To sell. That is a terrible, terrible thing to do. And also sometimes I'm very sceptical about whether they're even real experiences or not. Do you know what I mean? You know, sometimes yeah. I watch people and I'm like, you are, I feel like you might be soulless to do this. So I've always been very careful that when I talk about it, to talk about it in a way that people can relate. I mean, there's so many personal things I can think of that I've known you to both share over a period of time um one of the things I was actually going to ask you about Sam it's so interesting you should say that I remember you putting up a story one day um and it was a series of photos you two must have been at you know some kind of red carpet thing yeah and you looked you know amazing gorgeous glam makeup done big smile and you just made a point of saying like I was unhappy that day and I had to smile for that thing but that's not how I was feeling and I remember I think it was around the same story that you'd said people just kept saying to me oh you know you've lost loads of weight and you've this that the other but I I was unwell and I was too anxious to have anything and you just said like don't be getting sucked in to thinking this is a perfect thing um And it just made me wonder, like, do you both, and whatever the answer is to this, Mm. no judgment, because I don't know the answer to this. I'm just wondering what your stance is. Do you feel a bit of a responsibility to demystify social media? Because as two people that have such amazing profiles within that community, you're kind of at the helm of 
this operation that makes people think things aren't as they seem sometimes. Absolutely. Nothing is as it seems. And we are so, so, so honest about it. You know, there's Nick and I have both had what we call treatments. We've both had fillers. We've both had Botox. And while this is incredibly unhealthy to go on social media and say we've had these things done because we don't want to encourage other people to do it, it's more unhealthy to, to not, not let on. Yeah. Because I'm a 42 year old woman that looks all right for my age, but it isn't real. I've had, I've spent a lot of money on my face to look like that. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So because of the job I do, I owe it to people to be honest about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if I didn't do this job, you think I'd tell anyone? Of course I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But the truth is I do owe it to people because they're going to buy the latest lip gloss thinking it's going to plump their lips like that. And it isn't going to. Yeah. Because I had fillers. And yeah, my weight fluctuates. But like I said in that story, when I was thinner, I was unhappy. And when I was bigger, it, I'm not as unhappy. But there isn't one over the other. I preferred being thinner, but I'm happier, bigger because that's just part of my state of mind that yeah. I'm able to eat. So it just is what it is, but it's fine for people to be whatever they are. I think it's very important to talk about who we are and not try to not try to put the veneer over yeah. the top. You know, you're very committed to always not filtering anything, mm -hmm. leading this way of just you know, what? one of the things I always say... Let me just clarify. When you say not filtering, I just want to be completely... When I say filtering, I mean photos, videos, but opinions. But in terms of photos, I edit the, the contrast. I mess with the lighting sometimes and sometimes I lighten certain areas. But I just want to say that because it's like when we say filters, we tend to... What we generally mean is... Blurring out your nose. Blurring out your nose. To be honest, there's there's so few people committed to this at the moment. I see all the time, you know, authenticity, this, that, the other, all these words being bandied about. And we're not in a place where that is where it should be yet. I think the message is starting to get through, but it's definitely a journey that's going to take a lot of time. Um I don't watch loads of people, to be honest. No, I mean, I. I love keeping it with everyone because we'll have met them at something and they're a nice person, but I haven't got time to watch everyone's stuff or do whatever. But I will always say to anybody, I will genuinely watch the pair of you because I'm, I'm nice, nice. but like I've learned something or I know how to do my makeup or I'm actually picking something up as opposed to you two going, use my 20% off code. Do you know what I mean? Um, who do you think is actually really good at the moment who's spreading the right messages because one of the reasons I'm so passionate about having these conversations with people is the beauty industry is wicked I wouldn't be in any other industry I love it but I feel like there's elements of it losing its way at the moment and I wanted to get to the crux of the people doing good things who's doing good things who do you like when they come up you think oh bloody hell that's good it's really hard to say because a lot of these people are my friends but they're also my friends for a reason um I love Sally Hughes same. I love Sal. I Same. love her. She's brilliant. Her books are brilliant at demystifying, you know, her first one, especially. I loved the first it's one. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, her second one is brilliant because it's a great idea. It's just a different thing altogether. I love Nadine. She's always very honest about, yeah. and although she does a lot of paid work, why shouldn't she earn money? And I think that that's another thing within social media. People feel very bad about earning money. You're working, earn money you know yeah don't sign on to do stuff you don't like don't don't promote a product you don't like if so and so wants to pay me to 
talk about their product and I love their product, why wouldn't I get paid to do that? People like Nadine who do tons of paid work but are very up for it and very every knowledgeable and very well. knowledgeable. Yeah. You know, when when she did her all of her millions of pages for Hello, she was getting paid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And now she brings all of that knowledge mm. To social media. So, I mean, I feel like we're very lucky to have her. Um, so Emma Guns, Emma Guns is brilliant. Yeah. She does a brilliant podcast, brilliant which I podcast. think is wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think of some people that aren't really my good friends. I really, I'd... really like Nikki Wolf. I, I really <gasps> I love agree. her makeup. Um, I think she is a true talent. Yeah, I completely I watch her agree. I on a Sunday and I think she is truly, truly a fantastic makeup artist. Katie Jane Hughes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I She's see brilliant. a lot of people that do makeup that looks like their makeup at the end, but they've retouched it. Whereas yeah. you watch their process and you're like, wow, that is truly fantastic makeup. James Malloy, another yeah. brilliant makeup artist. My absolute favourite on social media by Terry a country Barber. Terry Barber. Terry Barber. He's the best. I love Terry. If you at home don't follow Terry on Instagram, you absolutely must. He's the most witty, brilliant, articulate, incredible makeup artist and just so... Clever. So unique and current and cutting edge. And he couldn't care less. Do you know what's so hilarious and ironic about that page? It's so the antichrist of what anyone um, wanted to absorb or see or all the rest yeah. of it, like in terms of what was working in general mm-hmm. for social media. And he's gone completely against every book of the grain and that's what everyone lives and wants. I love his inspiration and how he puts the two things together yeah. and you're like, oh really? That, that You got that inspiration from Cabbage and also, or from Spider Legs. Parma Ham it. was yeah. one of my personal oh, favourites. I, yeah. I love Brexit Beauty. It's just brilliant and smart <laughs> and they make me laugh. So clever. And he couldn't give a shit whether I like it or not. No. And I love it. I absolutely love it. He's not quoting subscribers. he's successful within his own right. He's already uberly successful. He doesn't need to be so successful. I on don't Instagram. think it would he matter is, regardless is, of that. Terry's just not bothered yeah, about success. Just he just is who he is and he knows who he is. What do you want to say next from the beauty industry? Um, I don't really know, actually. I would like to see not everything so retouched. I'd like I to see. That more. Yeah, but I think on Instagram as well. I am seeing as well lots of things that have more elements to it. There's so many, you need SPF, you need primer, you need foundation, you need, I just want to see things with it all together. Stop making it so difficult. Give me one step. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to see things that are, and I think brands are starting to do that. You know, like a lot of brands have now put these certain things into their um, foundations. You're getting foundations with hyaluronic acid in and things like that. So do you know what I mean? You're getting a lot more of that. But um, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see you made quicker, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. you didn't have to make so many steps to get to the end result. I think that we are getting more elegance back in makeup. Mm. You know what I mean? Elegant packaging that works. I mean, for a while it was so ugly. You know, there was a period of time where all of the brands were chasing the same consumer. Yeah. And you can't all be that without losing your identity. So who, who are you as a brand? Who is your... Who is your person? But I think that what we will see is a lot more brands reclaiming their brand identity. I think people are, again, veering more towards people that can actually say, 
this is great for me, but for you, I would use this. And your skin's slightly different, so I would use this. Do you know what I mean? I think people are more veering towards that as well, a bit more of an expert advice. It's so funny you should say that because while you were talking about Nikki Wolf, I was actually thinking... um, her whole aesthetic of, you know, very kind of glassy, dewy skin and just accents of colour. When I um, first met her, I had like very textured red skin. And one of the things that she does really well is she will get you to that place, whatever your skin tone. And I think that even though, you know, we've all got people that we love and admire that you just watch them doing their own thing, you ultimately want the person that will translate every step Mm. for every person. She's brilliant. She comes from Mac as well, you know. Does she? I didn't know that. Yeah, she was Mac Covent Garden when I was at Mac. I bet there will be people that listen that are kind of – looking to you know not everybody wants to be a makeup artist as such but lots of people have an interest in learning more about makeup what would you recommend that's a bit outside the box of social media where does great makeup lessons what books would you read like what is there other than instagram if you were interested in learning a bit more about makeup i would probably go on a course you can get like a one day course or a couple of day courses and I'd really research who I was going to learn that if you if you were really passionate about it you know or even booking a in a lesson with a makeup artist that can really specify things for you if you don't want to be a makeup artist but you you know we all watch it because we want to know about us yes it all refers to well how can I make me look better yeah what about me though I haven't (laughs) got oily skin skin what about me do you know what I mean and I think if you do a day lesson or something that's just or a few hours that's just dedicated to you, I think people would benefit a lot from that. Even like if you took people personal shopping yeah. for makeup, I think would be really interesting to say, look, this because we get asked that so much, don't we? I think it's if it's just for you personally at home, then go for a lesson at Mac or Bobby Brown. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that they do lessons at Mac, which are like redeemable. 25 quid and it's redeemable. Yeah, they so do. if you know that you need a lipstick, you might as well get a lesson. lesson. Or go into Fennec. Fennec. My best friend, this is plugging my best friend, but she works in Fennec as the makeup artist, but over all the brands. Brilliant. So you don't just get that one makeup Brilliant. from just Mac. She will say, okay, well, I'll use Charlotte Tilbury this, I'll use Mac this, I'll use, and you get to see everything and what's best and extremely knowledgeable about skincare as well but a lot of places do that now I'm not just saying that but you know a really nice way to do it is booking that lesson where they're using all of the houses and you get to buy it at the end that makes sense I think it's such a great way to do it I think more stores should do that because people cocktail nobody goes for just one brand anymore so they should have people in their stores that are doing consulting makeup over all the brands and they go and they have training on all the brands so they know all the knowledge That's there is good. I'd love to do a day in Selfridges yes yeah, so would I wouldn't that be, be brilliant good? yeah because there's so many great brands if you're listening we'd like to do a day in Selfridges <laughs> but you would have to pay us obviously yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so makeup aside mm-hmm. one last thing it's quite a nice time to ask you this I suppose because you've both kind of been telling me today that you've had a lovely summer and just been enjoying a bit of, you know, much needed time for yourselves. Um, What steps can we take just as individuals to just lead a bit of a happier life? Mm, uh, My number one is one that I fail at most days. um, And that is spending less time on your phone. That's what I 
was going to say. Sorry, I stole it. Oh, Do you know what? At least we're both on the same page. Nick better. and I are addicted. I got her addicted to this, actually. There's a game oh called Bricks and Balls, and I spent 11 hours on it one day. One day. I have a very addictive personality. So don't download Bricks and Balls. That's really bad. And just trying to be present. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like worrying about the future is anxiety. Worrying about the past is depression. Being in, look at you, 420. She's level 420. I'm going to have to check mine now. Do you want to hear a funny story about being present while you're getting this up to show me? So we're on the train on the way here. Matthew doesn't know anything about like anything to do with the beauty industry or whatever. So um, I said, come here, I'll send you the girls. So I'm sending him, I sent him your page, sent him your page. I said, they're doing up the house as well. Let me send you the house, sent it to you, sent you your own house. <laughs> so um, I said to him, oh my God, they're going to think we're gossiping. Oh my God, I'm, I'm horrified. And he was like, calm down. You've literally just, it's literally fine meltdown and then he was like what are you worried about and I said well I'm just worried that they're gonna think I'm rude and he what? said well you're worried about that now and then you don't even know if there's anything to be worried about there was never anything to be worried about with us two because I haven't even checked them yeah well when you them. when you check your dms I have sent you your own house so you <laughs> have a good time you. looking at that but it's so much. true like when you aren't I find that when I'm not focusing on what I'm doing at the moment, I'm worrying about something every yeah. single day. And then we were talking about somebody else we know, and I said, I bet she doesn't sit there worrying. I bet in the time that I've been worrying, she's done 50 things off a list. I, I doubt she, she hasn't. I, bet I doubt she has. Just I, bet, I, I have all, to say, though, carry it in different ways. I don't ever, I don't ever worry about anyone, what anyone says about me, ever. I never do. When I walk away from a situation and someone might talk about me and I still give no shits. And how do you reach that point? Like, I'd love to reach that point. I don't how know. How do you get there? I just don't, because you because there's nothing you can do about it. I'm not at that point at all. I don't want everyone to like me. But if they don't like me, I want to not like them back. I want to make <laughs> sure that they know I also don't like you. Do you know what? I want to know you don't like me so I can be really horrible to you. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is the judge of character out of the two of us though I remember do you know something I've got a feeling I think it might have been when you were on Emma Gunn's podcast right yeah. and I found that oh, do you know what I'm so glad you brought that up because it's triggered something else I was going to ask you about I know we've been here for ages but I can't physically tear Don't myself mind, away um, I remember you saying that Nick's a really good judge of character and yeah, that was really interesting because I'm a terrible judge of character that's one of the things that I definitely am really bad at um, but I remember you also said that because you're quite a positive person Nick you, you kind of gravitate these people that are a bit neggy that want to kind yeah, of get the lift out of you and that must be really draining I do I get a lot of people that just want to zap all, Energy vampires. Yeah, I get a lot of them. So many. But I, I, I can't help that. But how do you, um, how do you politely? I don't. I tell them you're really, really miserable. You need to cheer up, for God's sake. I will tell them honestly. Like if someone's really, really moody all the time, I'm like, you are the most moodiest person I've ever met. How do you get through life being like this? But I say it with a smile. Also, <laughs> I think that you need to be needed. I yeah, actually probably. think part it's, of you enjoys well, look, it. I like to get She's the, all the beds. I like to get all the beds ready for everyone else. I like to make everyone else's life. She's really a fixer. Nice. She worries about everyone else. Therapy, Nick. 
I don't want them to unleash a whole load of shit that I'm like, put it back in, put it back in. I don't want to know that. Because there will be a lot. No, there's nothing wrong with you. When did you make the decision to start the therapy and how long have you been going? I've not been for about six months. I think I'm, I think I'm done. She hasn't signed me off, but I actually feel all right. Um, when did I first go? I first went, oh God, uh, going back maybe, what do you reckon, about two and a half, three years ago? Mm, I just, I, I reached a point where I thought, I need to talk to someone. My brain wasn't functioning properly. You hated me. You wanted to kill me. That, w- that came after. Oh, did it? Why yeah. Very yeah. I had, I had someone in my life who was absolutely gaslighting me and I didn't know if I was coming or going mm. and I just needed help. I couldn't see what, what, what I was doing, what was going on. Um, you wanted to kill me because you thought you, my life was nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was part of it. But I think, you know, you do have to be careful with, with narcissists and people like that because they, they know what to do. They know what to say to manipulate you. And I was well manipulated. So I went into therapy because I just didn't, didn't know what, what to do. And then after that, I found out that I had depression. And that was when I went on medication. But I think that either of the two don't necessarily work without each other. If you're on, if you're on medication, you must have therapy too. Just having the medication isn't going to fix anything. It just masks the problem. Do you know what I mean? So the two in conjunction worked really well for me, but I'm still on antidepressants because it's very hard to come off of. And maybe I won't ever come off them. I don't know. I don't really you know, I'm not sitting there worrying about it. Maybe that's why I don't care what people think. Well, maybe. I don't know. Have you always been someone that doesn't care? Yeah, I think you've always been that. Maybe I have. I've, I think, I think more so than you. That. Yeah. I've it's not It's not that I don't care. I do really care about the things, about the people in my life that are my friends. It's just I like to keep that few and far between. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have like, I have maybe three really close friends and Ryan, who's now my best, best mate in the world. And they don't ask me for stuff. I don't speak to them all the time. I speak to them very occasionally. You know, one of our friends just passed away and they both called me just to have a, just to touch base and say, oh, mate, it so sucks. We're so lucky to have each other, that kind of thing. Yeah. But they're not in social media. Um, And I think I feel very lucky to have those people, but I'm not really interested in growing like a huge group of friends. And I've always been like that. And they've been my friends forever. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose that's the thing. Like you just, you meet a lot of people and I'm nice to a lot of people because I'm just nice. Just like Nick is, you just are who you are and people will like you or they won't. Not everyone will, not everyone won't. Yeah. But it's out of your control either way you look at it. Do you know what I mean? You can only be you in every situation. You can only be who you are and someone will like you or they won't, but it's, but it's nothing to do with you. You've got so much success, you know, you're super successful. You've got lovely family lives. You've got a lot going for you. Must be hard to suss out who genuinely wants to just go to the pub, have a laugh and have a chat with you and see how you are and who's in it for, oh, bloody hell, like I want a bit of that. We don't really get that so much anymore. I don't actually ever think about it, to be honest. I will go to the pub and have a laugh no matter who's there because <laughs> that's just me. Once I've had one drink, it's like, wow! I'm never at the point where I ever think anyone would want anything from me. No. I just don't. It doesn't cross my mind. What What do you want from me? I don't know. I'm so fascinated that you would say that. I just thought... 
you know, there was there was definitely a time, your family in particular, because obviously so many people in the family have profiles of their own. Mm. Um, I just, I would always feel for that person, like, do you worry about someone new wanting to make friends with you? Someone, someone wanting a piece of the puzzle? No, because I'm not going to make friends with people. Not really. Do you know what I mean? That's There's, what I mean. If yeah. someone was like, do you want to, do you want to do this every week? Do you want to? Nah. No, because no, that's not going to happen. There are people that I gravitate towards who have a great energy, who I feel kindred to, like someone like Sally Hughes, who isn't yeah. one of my best friends, but I could see that if I lived near her, You'd be together all the I time. would hang out with her much more than I do. Yeah. But because we're older and we have different sets of friends, um, you know, business work brought us together. And yeah. I'm really, I'm really thankful that work brought us together. But of course, we're still working. There's a certain group of women within this industry who I feel, um, who I feel very blessed to have met and who I really, really like and enjoy their company and will support them in any way that I can yeah. um, within the business. So, yeah. for example, Sally, who whatever she's doing, I will support it and I will go to her yeah. events. And she's yeah. always done that for us. And although it's never been a, it's never been a written or a said thing. You just you know, know you'll look you out for do. each other. And, and like you or like Nadine or, you know, I'm always very happy for, you know, Caroline's got a book out. You are. You know, I'm, I'm very happy for people's successes. You're the first cheerleader. I would actually say that about both of you. You're the first cheerleaders for anybody that has anything going on. Um, Funnily enough, you should say about Caroline's book. I was just yeah. having a look on Instagram earlier and uh, she'd put the announcement on. The two of you were first in there. Congratulations. I think it'd be an amazing book. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. Loads of stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll pre-order that book yeah, today. Yeah. You know, it's just, it is just a thing that you do because it's amazing to be a woman in this position in you business these days. how hard it is to get mm -hmm. to that point. It's not, you know, people think, oh yeah, I'll just start this and I'll just bring out a book. It's so difficult to do all those things. And having been there already, I know how hard that is. It's not something that is just given to you. You work your ass off and, and actually they're really good people with that. Like they haven't stood on anyone's toes no. or, or, well, ours, they've just been good people. And I will always support women supporting women and men. But do you know what I mean? It's even more so for women supporting women because women are the first people to backstab other women way before men do. And I'm just not on board with that. I'm a real girl's girl. And I'm always like, yeah, I totally really champion girls. Actually, so do my kids. Aww. So do my kids, which I'm extremely proud of. At the moment, we're watching this like thing on Netflix about car riding drifters. And they have to drift through things. And the girls, so cool. oh, it's so cool. Harry's so into it. We have to watch it. And the girls are winning. There's only a few girls in it. And Harry's like, I'm, I'm behind the girls, mum. Girls. Ah. He was like, do you think it's because they've got smaller feet that they're better at drifting the cars? <laughs> Is it because they're lighter? I said, I don't know, mate. In, in Pretty Woman, she said it's easier for me to drive because my feet are smaller apart from mine, which is size seven. Yeah. But, you know. I was like, oh, he's so cool that he champions women. It, it's so, do you know what I mean? And yeah. To bring up boys and men and have a husband that champion women, I love. Of all the people, right, to come back to the very beginning sentiment, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is, is because anyone I've spoken to in conversations has said, when I've asked them, you know how I said, who's making the positive changes? 
They've all said you two. Um, so many listeners have said, are you going to talk to Sam and Nick? Thank you so much for having us. Thank you Do you know what? I, I really like learned a big lesson doing this. There were so many people I wanted to talk to and I just thought, I'm not going to bother them. They're really busy. And three of them were you two, Caroline and Sally. And all three of you messaged me back something along the lines of, oh, F off, of course we will. What are you on about? What are you worried about? We're not busy. And um, I just think it's really lovely that from in my experience, a lot of the people that, you know, um, people look up to in the beauty community or watch every week or all the rest of it are just nice, kind women that want to see everybody do well. That's so very um, lovely. Thank you. I was very delighted much. to. Well, thank you for travelling all the way to Noza. Of course, it's a long old journey. Of course. Well, obviously, I knew which house to come to because I was looking Following at it earlier and sent it <laughs> to yeah, you. you. Sent it to me, so, so I knew uh, that, that much. was no bother. <laughs> um, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Rose. I hope you liked that episode and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please let me know what your favourite part was by messaging me on Instagram at Rose Gallagher. Um, you can find details of everything the girls mentioned in this show in the show notes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Amanda Constantine from It Cosmetics. She's one of the funniest girls I know and I'm so excited for you to meet her. And I just wanted to say thank you so much again to Givenchy Beauty for sponsoring today's podcast thank you so much and i'll speak to you next time